You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're a 415 you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What is going on, everyone? Back again, the 415ers podcast. Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy with you three times a week. Today is Wednesday. We were here on Tuesday, Friday, normally Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Download, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Mark, we got a new intro. It's like it's a new feeling in San Francisco. The 49ers are back. They're 2-2. Two and two. They're 500. We got a little intro for the podcast. Things are good right now in the Bay. Things are suddenly looking up in the world after it was sky is falling after the Sunday night football loss to the Broncos. But now you win on primetime Monday night against a division rival, and everyone's put that past them, and it's... It's all good times now around the Bay Area. So uh, looking forward to another great episode of the 415ers. No doubt. No doubt. You can catch us on social media. I am at eGiddings10. Mark is at Mark Grandy. Mark with a C. Grandy with an I. Well, we mentioned it. I mean, back thing. things are back for the 49ers. They're back where they're supposed to be, where a lot of people, I think, anticipated kind of the, the floor for them after four games, which is a two-and-two two start. Right now, they are on top of the Los Angeles Rams, on top of the NSC West. Every single team... Every single team is two and two, but they own the tiebreaker against the Rams as well as the Seahawks. And then they'll get the Cardinals later on in the season. But where I want to start today is the 49ers getting back to playing 49ers football, right? We kind of touched on it to, to tail off the last episode, the reaction to the Monday night football game against the Rams, as far as the defense being absolute bulwarks getting to the backfield, not allowing a single touchdown, the running game being efficient enough with Jeff Wilson Jr., Jimmy Garoppolo doing just enough for the offense to maintain and keep its head above water, scoring 17 points. They get the late defensive touchdown from Talanoa Hufanga, and they ride to a 24-9 victory against the Rams. This seems to be the equation, and uh, right now the 49ers can use it potentially to... I mean, get where they need to go, which is back to the playoffs. But I don't know about you, Mark. I didn't necessarily expect them to win the division coming into this year, primarily just because of I didn't know what Trey Lance could be. But as we talked about with Trey Lance going down, Jimmy Garoppolo now back in the saddle, things are a little more clear, a little more projectable as far as where the floor is for this team. And maybe that floor is to win the NFC West. Well, I think as much of a factor as, you know, the quarterback situation for the 49ers and how they're playing, I think what should give 49er fans confidence about their ability to compete and ultimately potentially win this division, it's how the other teams are faring. I mean, everyone is two and two right now. 
no one has looked particularly good. I mean, no one is, no fan base is really encouraged with their play right now. I would argue that 49er fans are probably most encouraged just because of how dominant the defense uh, has been. But I mean, the the Rams coming off of, you know, a Super Bowl championship, they got absolutely run the first game of the season uh, against the Buffalo Bills and no shame losing to them. But it was not close. It was not competitive. The Rams did not stand a chance in that game. They let the Falcons stay close. They let the Cardinals stay close. Um, and then, of course, the Niners ran them out of Levi's Stadium, thanks to, again, that defense. The Cardinals haven't looked impressive at all. And Despite the fact that the Seahawks are two and two, I would still hold that they are one of, if not the worst teams in football. And I, I think that the, the the whole season will show that. So I'm with you. And, and for me, it's less about the 49ers, Evan, and more just about the state of the NFC West around them. The Niners are two and two. Both of their wins are over division opponents. And they're sitting in a decent spot right now. I mean, you have a couple of winnable games, Carolina and Atlanta. I think if you win both those games, we'll come back on this conversation in a couple of weeks and think, all right, this is by far the favorite to win this division. Uh, you consider the the recent dominance the Niners have had over the Rams, especially in the regular season. You consider the fact that Arizona just seems dysfunctional and the fact that, that Seattle just simply isn't going to win that many more games the rest of the year. I'm with you. The win on Monday night over the Rams not only got the Niners' season back on track, but I think it catapulted them into the favorite to winning this NFC West. Yeah, right now they are number one, and I think they should be number one because of the reasons you laid out, and particularly that defense. I, I know that everyone kind of wants the, the offense to carry its weight, so to speak, but it's pretty freaking difficult to do when your defense <laughs> is playing at that high of a level. Like, you're not just going to be able to rise to the occasion and play to a near historic level on offense as well as defense. Not many teams can do that. So although there is somewhat of an outlier at this point with the offense, and we'll get into that moving forward here on the 415ers podcast, I do think that the defense right now is at such a state where they're going to be in every game and they might be able to play with the lead in every single game. Because as we talked about, you know, one, one of the questions that I have moving forward is like, how is this team one going to play with a lead and two, how are they going to play against a team that can run the ball or effectively run the ball against them? Those two scenarios may not turn up once or, or twice throughout the season, just because the defense has been so good. So right now I think they are on track right now, literally at two and two, but on track to get back, to the playoffs and win the division. And that would be huge for this team because last year they kind of had to go through the gauntlet, especially in the playoffs. They had to go on the road to Dallas. They had to go to Green Bay to be able to at least get one home game and reward the faithful at Levi Stadium with a playoff game to me would be monumental. And also just to, to kind of reassure people like, all right, th this isn't a team that necessarily took people by surprise last year. They got out of the gate slowly. And in a lot of ways, I think, Mark, this season is sort of helping me put last year in 2021 into perspective because I'm not exactly sure what I thought about that team. They were 17 points away from not making the playoffs. They were also a dropped interception away from making the Super Bowl. So depending on how it goes this year in 2022 is also going to reflect, I think, on last year's group and potentially on how we see Shanahan and his postseason 
you know, three out of four years. Some people say it's three out of six years. It depends on how you do the math. But I think this season for the 49ers puts them in a place where we can look at not only this this year in this division potentially as saying, all right, the 49ers are number one of the best in the NFC West, could be the best in the conference. But also, they have been one of the most consistent and best teams over the last two, maybe even three, four seasons. Yeah, I, I think if this is a season in which, you know, they kind of weather the injury storm, they play well, they make the postseason, not necessarily win the division, even though that, as we talked about, that's certainly on the table. But I think what this season would do, if this is, you know, the fifth or sixth and potentially even the seventh and, and final playoff team in the NFC, I think it it further convinces you, Evan, that last season's postseason appearance wasn't just, you know, a fluke. And, you know, we can easily say, you know, they were that big, big comeback, final regular season game of the year away from not making the playoffs. But as you mentioned, they were also one play away from making the Super Bowl. And you can kind of throw both of those out there, kind of saying, well, you know, the way the ball bounces, it's, it's going to determine how your season goes. You can miss the playoffs. You could win the Super Bowl. It all comes down to, you know, some of those breaks that you get. But if, if this is a year in which the Niners are able to play well this, despite all these injuries, and, you know, it's no excuse, but at some point we have to talk about these injuries as well. I mean, they are just stacking up. The Niners will likely be on their third left tackle. Colton McKivitt's going to be out a while, it seems now, with the sprained uh, MCL. Uh, he was replacing Trenton Williams at left tackle before that. So more issues on the offensive line. But if this is a season in which they can overcome those issues, make the playoffs, maybe win a playoff game, I think it, it further confirms to us that last year was less about I don't know, luck in circumstances and more about this team continually overcoming bad situations and bad circumstances and accomplishing about as much as they possibly could considering those circumstances. I think it's easier to see that and admit that if this season follows a somewhat similar trajectory. Yeah, and speaking of injuries, some good news on that horizon. I know yesterday Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area reported the fact that Jason Verrett and... Uh, Jimmy Ward are expected to be practicing today here on Wednesday for the 49ers. Whether or not they'll be able to suit up soon is another question, but at least they'll get them back out onto the field and get them back towards returning to an already dominant defense. So although there's some offensive line issues right now, although it didn't appear to be any against the Los Angeles Rams on Monday night, everyone who filled in did a fantastic job. Um, And it was especially contrasted against a a Rams offensive line that was also down to some of its third stringers, but they simply could not keep the 49ers out of the backfield. Meanwhile, the 49ers were able to keep the Rams out of the backfield. But as as you kind of laid out uh, on our Tuesday episode, Mark, the fact that there might be another level to this defense just because you're going to get a top 100 player back in Jimmy Ward. You're going to get a former Pro Bowl cornerback in Jason Verrett back. If he can stay healthy, add him to an already pretty good cornerback group, as well as Jimmy Ward on the back end, pairing him with Talanoa Hufunga. Who knows what level this defense could step up to? Yeah, I mean, suddenly, and you know, this is the com- complete polar opposite of last year when the defensive secondary was so incredibly thin. I mean, it was what, Ambry Thomas making that interception of Matthew Stafford in that final regular season game to seal the 49ers making a postseason appearance. I have to double check the snap counts, but I'm not sure Ambry Thomas has played a defensive snap this year. I'm I'm sure he's gotten on on special teams, but I I don't think he's played a defensive snap. 
Um, you know, we saw Samuel Womack early and everyone has been raving about him, uh, you know, fans, media, Niners, uh, coaches uh, as well. But it's been Diamador Lenore lately as the nickel corner. I think the Niners like him better against the run, perhaps, than Womack. But it's not not a knock on Womack. I mean, you have those guys. You're likely, as you mentioned, going to be getting Jimmy Ward and Jason Barrett back potentially this week. They're going to be practicing today, Wednesday, as you mentioned. But not really sure if that means they'll be playing. I would tend to guess not I'm with uh, you. In, in Carolina. But they're on they're on track to return relatively soon. So that's good news. And suddenly you're like, who are we going to play? I mean, Tayshawn Gibson was a guy they just signed before the regular season started. He's played well. He's probably the odd man out, at least from the the safety spot when Jimmy Ward comes back. But there's a chance you could move Jimmy Ward to, you know, that nickel corner spot as well, which is currently being occupied by Diamador Lenore. Suddenly, Evan, you have a wealth of, of options in the defensive secondary, which has been not been the case for the 49ers really in the Kyle Shanahan era. And, and he was actually asked on his, on his weekly conference call on Tuesday, do you think this is the best defensive secondary you've had in your time in San Francisco? And he said, well, it's early, but we, we have the opportunity to do that. And he was just kind of talking about all the bodies that they have and, and how great Talano Hufanga has, has played recently. So it's kind of a unique situation the Niners are in where they have too many good bodies, assuming that, you know, everyone gets back healthy and everyone else stays healthy in that defensive secondary. It's it's a it's a new position the Niners will be in defensively in that area because they just simply have not had those options in the past. And I think you consider that along with everything else we've just touched on. Um, and it, that's a big reason why. The 49ers, I think, are looking at this as their division to win, their division to lose. They should be, you know, the ones determining this division winner, um, partly and maybe mostly because of their defense and the fact that they would expect it to only get better. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I think that at least just looking at the rosters, I mean, we talked about some of the shortcomings of the Rams in, in yesterday's <sighs> episode, especially offensively. like. They look bad. Whether the Niners are, are putting up prolific points and, and stats on offense, like just the eye test tells you that the Niners are head and shoulders above the Rams. And from what I've seen so far, the Cardinals. I, I know Arizona's two and two. I know they've well, they're they're you know a couple of fluke fourth play two point conversions away from being <laughs> one and three against the you know the Las Vegas Raiders. Like they have not looked exactly stout to begin their season unlike last year when they were just running away with the, the division originally so right now to me it's even though every team is two and two I'm, I'm absolutely with you the eye test tells me that the 49ers are the best team in the nfc west and statistically it's backed up right now i believe they're the only team in the division with a positive point differential and of course they also have statistically the best defense in the league they have a quality running game that's right now middle of the pack they have a passing game that at least in terms of, you know, quarterback rating is not great, but it's still above the likes of the Rams slightly. So everything added up together right now, the 49ers have to be number one, even though their win total puts them even with the rest of the NFC West. Yeah. Niners plus 25 point differential. The next best is Arizona minus 15. So that's the difference in the NFC West. You also look throughout the rest of the NFC, the only team with a better point differential than the San Francisco 49ers 
is the lone undefeated team in the NFL. That's the Philadelphia Eagles. They're at plus 44 through four games. Niners, second best point differential in the NFC at plus 25. Again, a big reason is because they had blowout wins against the Seahawks and, and now the Rams. And despite the fact that you're two and two, you still have the second best point differential margin, which is interesting. One quick note about the Rams. Uh, I know we got a transition here, but no, 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 uh, keep, keep dumping on them. Let's go. <laughs> this I actually have to credit uh, Ray Ratto, host of Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game for this one. Oh, I uh, hate that guy. <laughs> this stat kind of just hidden in the box score. So the Rams, they ran 73 offensive plays on Monday night. You take out the seven sacks. So you have 66 plays, non-sack offensive plays for the Rams. 33 of those 66, so an even 50% of those plays were targets to Cooper Cup or Tyler Higby. Half of the non-sack offensive plays, not just passing plays, running plays included. Half of all of their offensive plays that did not result in a sack were targeting Cooper Cup or Tyler Higby. I don't care how good those two players are. That is not a recipe for success. And if that continues for the Rams, they will struggle not only to win the division, but they will struggle to make the playoffs.